If the love doesn't feel like nine days, nine days on me, Shan, how we say, I don't want it. how we say, I don't want it. If the love doesn't feel like nine days, nine days on me, Byron, how we say, how we say, I don't want it. Shan, Yo, 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 you know what it is. Welcome to 90s R&B University. We are educating the miseducated on all things 90s R&B. I am Shan, your first lady, and unfortunately the professor is out this week, but I have a very special guest joining me today. I have Jaleesa. How are you today? Hey, hey, I am good. How are you? Good to be here. This, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a little different. It's a little different. This, this, this is now I got no roaches. <laughs> this is nice. <laughs> so, how's your week been going so far? Yeah, it's going. It's I'm just glad it's almost Friday at this yeah, point. It's going by fast though, but it's going good. How's yours? You know, we're making it work. You're making it work. It's been a um a couple of things that has been happening this week. Just a couple, just a couple. So for starters, did you catch the Soul for Real Unsolved? I, I caught it last night. I'm glad I did too. Cause I saw people tweeting about it. I was like, let me see if I can find it. What did you and think about your thoughts? I was mind blown. Mm. I wasn't, I was wondering what happened and mm. it's like, it was a typical nineties, you know, I feel like every nineties artist has that That's story. Cool. It's yeah. like the contract is, I was like, geez, at this point who didn't have a bad contract <laughs> in the nineties. So yeah, it was, it explained a lot. I was, I didn't know about their background, like mm-hmm. how their parents were from was Trinidad. I think. Yeah. Trinidad yeah. I didn't know that. So you know, what I found interesting is that, and this also happened a lot with um, a lot of other artists, is that when they ask for more creative control and they wanted, you know, to produce more and to have more writing credits and things of that nature, how they were automatically shut down. Mm-hmm. How, um, like, Heavy D and the people behind them was kind of, like, sticking to the formula, um, like, if it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I feel like that kind of hindered the group and created a lot of tension with everyone um, because, as I said earlier uh, in the episode, when they had when they released songs, they had like one twelve who was writing for them and on um, these other artists, and they're getting the credits that ultimately the guys wanted for themselves, so they can you know they can have that money and things like that for themselves. I just yeah, I noticed that. that I was like, oh, this is uh, another story I've heard too, where. And it was always you, like a younger group, mm-hmm. like they want con- complete control, like around that second album. And then it's like, oh, you want control? No, we're not going to have that. <laughs> like, dang, y'all want people to have control of their art? All right. Yeah, that's that's um, that's kind of crazy to me, that whole that whole thing in itself. But then I also found it to be very heartbreaking just knowing the things that they went through after the fact and how, you right. know, you know, they were on this rise and of course they had to hit single and everything to then going back to having to work regular jobs and trying to sustain the lifestyle that they have prior to. And, you know, unfortunately, I believe it was Brian who ended up, you know, ended up getting into a lot of trouble behind everything. 
because he, yeah. he, he was in and out for for a couple of years right when I saw that I was like oh y'all was out here roughing it for real yeah like I, <laughs> I knew, like, I, I, knew I, I didn't expect little, that I knew of little bits and pieces but I didn't think it was to that extent when I tell you I learned so much watching that I was like wow <laughs> now I need to watch the Keisha Cole one I, I saw people talking about that one too so now that one that's gonna be interesting that's gonna be interesting we shall see i like Keisha Cole, and me too it's gonna be kind of heartbreaking to see you know when she talks about her mom and then you know her dad mm-hmm. and both of them passing and yeah so it's it's gonna be interesting i'm pretty sure it's gonna be really entertaining to say the least <laughs> all right so mary j blige she has announced her first ever strength of a woman festival are you excited for that? I am. Yeah. I've, I've never seen Mary live, but mm-hmm. she's definitely on my list. Okay. Let's see. But she has like some good heavy hitters in this lineup. I mean, you have Shaka Khan, you have LMA, Escape, you know, Leandra Johnson, and of course, Mary J. Boz is going to be headlining. Like, that's a good lineup. That almost, I'm for a minute, I almost started to Essence. <laughs> All I saw was festival. I was like, oh, Mary doing it big. You about to take over the whole Essence festival? I mean, she could. I ain't gonna lie. Mary can Listen, take she got the catalog. Trust me. She, she definitely has a catalog. She can shut the entire Essence for the whole weekend mm-hmm. and give a whole show. As long as she got them boots, she ready to go. <laughs> I mean, I think that it's great that it's coming, you know, off the heels of her Super Bowl performance. And then, of course, I think it was announced that she was going to be um, executive producing um, a Lifetime movie based on real love. So, you know, oh, Mary, yeah, I did see that, you know, she's, she's just going up and up and up. You know, she was killing it on the power. So, mm-hmm. hey, go ahead, Mary. I ain't mad at Monet. you. I feel- Monet. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad because I have not watched Power. Was it book two? Is that, uh, is that two? Yes. Yeah, that's two. I have not seen any of that. So y'all don't kill me. So y'all do not kill me because I have. Yeah, not I'm not because there's plenty of show that I have not watched that's probably like years <laughs> old. So I'm not even going to judge you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned the Essence Festival. Lineup. Headline. Some Janet Jackson. <laughs> that's all they needed right there. <laughs> That's when it. I saw Janet, I was like, that's all I need. Will you be making an appearance? I wish, but <laughs> oof, I wish. I, I, I'm, I'm going to try to make, I'm going to make it um, on my to-do list to go to Essence when I've never been. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's always too late because you got to get like Essence tickets yeah, like now. early. <laughs> like right now. So you got to get like a year in advance. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, I feel like it'll be too late now, but I'm definitely, it's, it's on my to-do list as well. R&B heads, mm-hmm. fantasy is to go to Essence. Oh, absolutely. I think it'll be great because it's their first one that they're having in person since the pandemic. So mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be packed. And hopefully people will still be wearing their masks because uh, I ain't going to lie, I am still a little iffy about being in such a lot of crowds like that. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. That is me because I was supposed to go to JoJo's concert, but um, we're not going because he has a track meet. But I was like, I'm kind of happy because you know, I'm still kind of iffy with the whole yeah. concert, but the concert is outside, but it's going to be cold tomorrow night. <laughs> it's like an outside venue. Oh, man. I mean, you can space it out if it's outside. It might be outside. Right. But it's the coldness. It's more the cold. I'm just like, Ooh. yeah. 
I was like, but yeah, I was like, with it being outside, I was kind of like, okay, I can probably do it outside. But if it was an inside venue, it's like JoJo. I've seen JoJo twice. Mm-hmm. She, she, she got it. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're huge fans of JoJo over here. You know, I risked it all when I went to go see Usher. That was my only, oh, yes. my only risk that I was willing to take. Usher is worth it. I've never, I, he's also on my list. Usher would definitely, I catch a little cone, a little COVID for us. You know, you know, I was out there. I, I had to be out there. <laughs> if I got to be triple mask, I look for a little Usher sweat. Okay. Look at him. I, I had to sweat. The sweat dripped on my body. I took all precautions. Took all precautions, but I'm just saying. And I caught COVID that day, and it might have come from Usher. I would have been perfectly fine with that. It's like you know, this is this this Usher's COVID. You know. (laughs) (laughs) But in addition to Janet Jackson at the Essence Festival, we also have new addition Jasmine Sullivan, and we all know, you know, you are just great fans of the Isley Brothers. (laughs) <laughs> baby that, that, that's <laughs> unk right ready? there i love me some Isley brothers oh my god and i didn't really get hip into the for to them until like the last few years like i knew their music really? but mm-hmm. i really started like listening listening yeah and i was like wait they hit real different like just yeah. from the live instrumentals and it's i'm a big i'm a big instrument person oh, when it comes here. to music so yeah so you you and ernie got a special connection going on listen girl I love me some Ron and Ernie. <laughs> so I'm sure they are going to shut it down at all of the festivals. I can't wait. I'm excited. I need to go get my tickets like yesterday because uh, I'm pretty sure they are going to be sold out. I hope Jasmine makes because I see she canceled a lot of shows this she week because of COVID. So I'm hoping that, whew, I'm hoping don't know that this happened around us. I'm like, if some of them cancel because of COVID, that's. That's yeah, gonna, that's gonna be it's gonna be some angry fans. That's be. another reason why I'm kind of eerie with concerts too, because mm-hmm. like you never know what could happen with even the the singer. And yeah, like, I've seen a few concerts being canceled because they have COVID. So I'm like, huh? Yeah, that is true. I don't know. I I, I I've missed concerts, so I am just ready to risk it all. <laughs> me, me too. I haven't been to one since 2019. I was hitting concerts like it was an everyday thing, yeah. like every few months. Because I think Jill Scott was the last one I saw in 2020. Ooh. It was literally two weeks before everything shut down. She was wow. here. It was, I was just like, I'm glad she came before everything shut down. Mm-hmm. Listen, Jill. <laughs> I already know. <laughs> I already know. She is an experience. I tell people, I was like, you can't even explain. It's just an entire experience. I'm surprised she won't be at Essence. Is she? I, I didn't see her name on the lineup. I did not. That's what I thought. I'm surprised. You'd be not. on somebody's lineup in pretty soon. And right. Jill, where you at? Right. We need you. We need <laughs> you. Right now. She's too busy um, filming First Wives Club. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that show. You were absolutely right. <sighs> All right. We are going to transition on. To my favorite part of the show, the RN birthdays. So I'm going to go through this list fairly quickly because we have quite a few birthdays on this list. Going to kick it off with Mila. Mila Williams from 702. Oh my girl, All right, hit it now. You better hit it. <laughs> we also have Chingy celebrating a birthday this week. 
You do your chicken head over there? Right there, right there. I know I can't be the only one, but every time I hear Chingy's name, I just think about that track with him and Janet Jackson. She's like, ooh, Chingy. (laughs) That's what I think about. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. And I saw him, well, um, Ludacris posted a video, like a DTP Mm -hmm. reunion. I was like, I used to fool with DTP. It was him, Shauna, and Chingy. I guess they did a show Mm -hmm. somewhere. I don't know. I think it was maybe in Atlanta. But I was like, okay, Shauna looks good. I was like, okay, shot a girl. All right, now. I look like money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we also have Robin Thicke celebrating a birthday this week. It's one of my absolute favorites. I love me some Robin. If you know, you know. I mean, it is extraordinary. Timbaland <laughs> celebrated a birthday. Ah, my favorite producer. Is it? I love Timbaland. What's your favorite Timbaland track? Ooh, it's probably that's a tough one. Low key, it might be a. I mean, a Usher, uh, Justin Timberlake off that really? 2020 album. Okay, okay, which one? Um, the second part of Mirrors. Okay, and it's like you are you. I love how Timberlake does it. Like he can give you two completely different songs on one song. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's part. That's probably one thing I love about Timberlake beats. We also have C Murder celebrated birthday. Put them down. I gotta go find Monica. Right, I'm about to say, girl, don't say see murder too loud. Monica gonna pop up. You know, Gunica <laughs> might come in the building. <laughs> might just pop up. All right, so you also have Jasmine Guy celebrating a birthday. Whitley. 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 Mm-hmm. Latoya Luckett celebrated birthday this week. I love Latoya. It's just something about her. She, and she can sing. And she's from Houston. Mm-hmm. You know it. It's hometown right there. <laughs> Yeah, Marlon Jackson celebrated a birthday. Amel LaRue, one of my personal favorites. I love Amel LaRue. She can't do no wrong in my eyes. Tony Terry celebrated mm. a birthday. When I'm with you. Yes, Tony. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, we have Bow Wow celebrated a birthday this week. I'm shy, Moss. <laughs> All right. And we do have to do a special, special rest in peace to Notorious B.I.G. Biggie, the 25, 25 years. Man, it don't even seem like it. 25 years since the past. Oh, man. Look, I remember that day like it was yesterday. Like, oh, it was just insane. Just crazy. I'm going to say, I ain't going to lie. I was a youngin, so <laughs> I remember it. I remember it, but I don't remember it. Like, I remember people talking about it, but I was just mm-hmm. like, and then I saw, I was like, oh, that's who, okay. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I was almost 10 when he passed, so it was, yeah, it was definitely, definitely a moment. Because was it, 90? 97. 90, 97, so I was seven. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I remember. It was like back to back, him and Pop. I was yep. like, dang. Yep. Yeah. All right, let's, go moment All right. Well, let's dive into these album anniversaries. Yes, ma'am. Say the vocals for B when he come back. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna start off with Sammy from oh. the bottom to the top. And, hey. oof, I used to love me some Sammy. Hey, I like the way you, hey, you know, hey. Sammy. That was around. Yeah, I was ten then, so mm-hmm. yeah, that was around my teen years. Because <laughs> yeah. he was also because who was in that video? Lloyd. I still remember the mm-hmm. video like it was yesterday. Yes, it was in tune. That was a group. Ugh, I used to love them too. <laughs> Girl, don't have me start on my crushes. <laughs> <laughs> and then the 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 baby of baby hairs, Mr. Genuine, 100% mm. Genuine. Ooh, that was an album. I think that was, to me, that was his, 
his best album. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. I believe so. Hundred percent. Yeah, that that has some bangers, and then we also have the BBD themselves, Poison. Mm-hmm. One probably still one of the biggest R&B albums. I mean, songs. Sorry, of all times. So if you play it, <laughs> no matter what color you are, <laughs> people gonna get down. Somebody let me run it out. The Push It Queens, Salt and Pepper, Black mm. like Magic. That was some good. That was some good albums in March. Mm, I'm gonna revisit some of those. I mean, I play mm-hmm. GY on a regular basis, so they ain't nothing. Listen, listen. <laughs> not right now. I'm finished. All right, got <laughs> me in that morning. Whoa, girl, that was that was my song right there. Go with it. All right, so are you ready to dive into today's topic? Yes, ma'am. I've been waiting for this one. Okay, so I know that you are a huge fan of Tony Braxton. The living legend. The living legend. (laughs) (laughs) So today we are going to do an album breakdown of her debut album. So do you recall that first time that you heard Tony Braxton's voice? And what was your reaction? This this is how I look at Tony's first album. I, I can call it that first album that really introduced me to R and B. My mom played that album <laughs> like crazy, and she's she's a gospel person. So I was used to gospel, so I knew when she played that, I was like, oh, this must be some good stuff. <laughs> so yeah, I would take that uh, cassette tape downstairs, put it in that that um, tape recorder, and play it all day. Because, yeah, I, I would definitely say that Tony Braxton album is what made me fall in love with R&B. Nice, nice. I recall my mom had this album and then uh, my V had this album. So between the two of them, I was either hearing seven whole days like on a repeat with my mom or you mean the world to me from my Aunt V because she was like in love at the time. And I was like her song and she played faithfully. I was like, oh, my gosh. It was on. A, it was on a repeat. I was like, "Yes, she's never gonna stop playing this song." However, my mother's get alone in that's in her days. My mama song too, and I think that's why it's my favorite because she mm-hmm. played it all the time. My mom loves seven whole days. But that being said, just hearing Tony's Braxton's voice, and you know, of course, we were introduced, you know, when um, "Love Should Have Brought You Home," but then to hear a full body of work, and then the production, the arrangements, and the writing. It really just, you know, put her in a lineup of the great R&B singers. Her voice was so distinctive Mm -hmm. and no one ever heard anything like that before outside of, um, you know, like Anita Baker Mm -hmm. as far as the low tone. But even with her tone, she still had her own distinctiveness to it. And it just made for an incredible album. Yes, especially the way she dragged out her words when she sang. Mm -hmm. That's what that's what set her apart from Anita. Baby Tony was drag, and I didn't have time. I didn't know what she was saying, but I know it sounded good. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I can't stop thinking about. It's like, girl, you better breathe on this song. <laughs> there was no prep. No prep. All you got is just that little, little bit on the end. A little bit right. on the end. All right, so we're gonna break this thing down. We are gonna start with the very first track, Another Sad Love Song. Mm. Oof, that's the worst song to sing. The list to have the heartbreak. Is it? Is it? Is it to you? Especially if you and that guy really had a connection with music too. Mm-hmm. Don't do it, sis. 
Honey, <laughs> gonna have you depressed. <laughs> but that arrangement, mm-hmm. I think that was Babyface too, right? Yeah. I, th- I know he did like nine percent of his album because he has a certain sound. I know when Babyface produces, yeah. and yeah, him in LA, dynamic duo. Mm-hmm. And I feel like yeah. after they, you know, they had that great success with Lusher brought you home, that they're the way that they work together uh, you know he and Tony Braxton like they just know how to fit each other so well sonically mm-hmm. you know production wise and they just know each other's pockets and it just makes for great music and that's lasted them you know 30 plus years 30 in the game mm-hmm. 30 plus years in the game but when you think about another sad love song what stands out the most to you you're going through this song it's i think it's the it's the breakdown of the lyrics Mm -hmm. it's like when she sings it i can picture everything that she's saying Mm -hmm. like the whole radio the um what is why i'm I'm throwing having a blank (laughs) of the lyrics (laughs) but that's what i think i literally think of her riding the car Mm -hmm. with the radio on and just it's that that late night drive yeah the heartbreak blasting another sad love song So that's 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 how I look at it. What what about you? Um, you know, similar, similar. I can picture, I can picture the song, I can picture the visual that they've painted within the lyrics. Um, but for me personally, it's just the way she sang it, and she sang it with such emotion. But it was also very, very smooth. Mm-hmm. The way she sang the song, and it just it just gives you like this feeling like you feel the heartbreak you feel sad but at the same time it's like oh okay well this song's actually kind of a bang like you want to play even when you're not sad yes. that's the kind of music that Tony Braxton has yeah effect that you know that that particular song has so it's definitely one of my favorites all right so we're gonna slide on track number two with breathe again breathe again <laughs> Now, Tony was a little extreme. Like, girl, I'm going to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> you going to breathe? I'm going to breathe. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to keep breathing, but I get what you're saying. I, I, one thing the 90s did with their lyrics, they really went overboard <laughs> sometimes. Overboard. I was like, girl. Like, I didn't I didn't understand it until I got older, but I was like, breathe again. <laughs> I, I shall breathe again, Tony. I, don't, I mean, I get it, but <laughs> he about to suffocate me. <laughs> I mean, but you do have those experiences when you are going through heartbreaks and it feels like you literally cannot mm-hmm. breathe. You're not, you're not going to go on without this person and live without them. So it is like taking your breath away. It is. Uh, but um, yeah, that was, a, that was a lot. <laughs> that, was, that was a lot in itself. And the video, mm-hmm. was that the one when she was going through like the maze? Mm-hmm. Running, yeah. Running, baby. All I think about is that hair. Uh, <laughs> I don't think nobody was touching Tony with their short hair in the 90s. They weren't. Like, they weren't. Oh, it was perfection. Every way she had it. But yeah, breathe again. Out of the singles, I would say it's my least favorite, but it's, really? yeah. I put it with breathe again. Okay. What I like about it, about this song, is that, you know, it tells the story of basically how a relationship has run its course. And going through the different channels and different emotions um, that you experience while dealing with a lot of heartbreak, you know they, you know they 
put Tony Braxton as this huge heartbreak mm-hmm. singer when she first came out. And, you know, by the time her second album, second album was released, you know, she really tried to break away from that shell, break away from that moniker. Um, but I ain't gonna lie, the heartbreak Tony songs are the ones that <laughs> hit the most. Okay. And it's like Mary, Mary trying to break away from her. Yeah, like, girl, you can't. Mary. That's that's your signature sound. Like, that's what we love. Exactly. Yeah. It's I don't know. It's, it's something about a heart. Like, I can listen. I love listening to a heartbreak song, even when I'm happy. I think mm-hmm. because vocally, I feel like they're singing their best. Yes, it's that emotion. It's that emotion that you that you don't get from the more up tempo tracks that they right. pull into those ballads. Mm-hmm. It's like, girl, I feel that pain in your voice. <laughs> Yeah, I can. They'd be like, why you listen to these sad songs? It's like, because I want to. <laughs> like, I love that emotion. Like, even though I'm not feeling it at the time, I, I love that emotion I'm hearing in this song. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's an art. It's an art form to it. It's, it's mm-hmm. definitely an art form to it. Right, so seven whole days. And not a word from you. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Baby. The, Tony, Tony did that one. Really? Her, they wrote that. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's a hit <laughs> in the video i when i realized that was the sisters in the background yeah <laughs> but they're hitting that little two-step mm-hmm. like Tamar with her braids <laughs> yeah, seven whole days that's my mama's favorite song too mm-hmm. it's it, it now that paints a picture too like i literally when i hear it i think of a calendar <laughs> just writing like uh, okay day one he still ain't here <laughs> day two so yeah seven and the production was uh and Tony's vocals. Yes. That's what she has that, that dragon out that you say that she does a lot on her um on her records, especially happening in this song. That uh <laughs> the ending that seven whole days. You better come out with it. <laughs> I was like, I wish I could sing because baby, I'd be hitting all Tony notes. <laughs> when she hit, when she had a little high notes, okay, Tony. What am I to do? <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the sound. I mean, but have you ever been in a situation like this where you were where you were with someone or you were talking to someone and they thought they had you wrapped around their finger and they thought that they just, you know, that you would do anything for them and they were real cocky about it. Girl, I have, but it showed one, it didn't last no seven days. <laughs> Maybe seven hours. <laughs> if I hear from you in seven hours, we gonna have a problem. It's a wrap, it's a wrap. Because what you doing? Like no text, no nothing, no, no phone call. Twenty four hours, we probably gonna break up. <laughs> yeah. so, what makes this song really interesting to me? Because she's seeing all of this. You know, you didn't care about love. You thought that you had me wrapped around your finger. Things were all kind of shaky. But then she goes on and like, okay, it's been seven days and I haven't heard from you. So it's like, what do you really want? Do you want this person and they're mistreating you or do you want to just be on your own? Like you said, she'd rather be on her own. Which one is it? Right. And I want to know, did this actually happen to her? Like, Tony, girl, if you're listening, (laughs) let us know if you actually, if a guy really went seven whole days and you hear a word from him, because (laughs) I need to know what happened. Did you go back? Did you stay? These are questions that need answers. That's the the part we don't know. We just know it was seven whole days. Mm -hmm. Did did we go back to them? What happened? So, yeah. It's a loose ends. (laughs) Quite a a few. It's uh, it's interesting because I don't know if I will be going back 
after seven days have passed it's a wrap we, it's a, especially if we haven't been talking that long yeah if it's in the early stages like mm, you already started tripping now nah, boo right but <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me go send you on your way but if it's been a minute and i oh yeah we and like by the end you should definitely know mm-hmm. don't go too long without some kind of communication now, if I ghost you for seven days, you know, you ain't heard from me, then you're not taking for what it is. <laughs> right. You better be in somebody's hospital <laughs> if I ain't heard from you in seven days. Oh, man. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. So, how do you feel about Love Affair? <sighs> it's my favorite non single. It may, it's almost one of my favorites on the album. Mm. It has it's it has this jazz vibe that I love with that mm-hmm. saxophone. I love me an R&B song that has like a touch of jazz in it. Okay. And <laughs> once I really listened to the lyrics, I was like, "Dang, Tony, she was really she was like, uh, uh-uh, I don't even if I wasn't, I ain't down with OPP." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Okay, Tony." She was like, I, "I'm not with the cheating." Yeah. No, sir. I think she did say like, "If I didn't have a man, maybe," but. No, like if I didn't have a man, if I was with you, then I still wouldn't, you know, cheat or with someone else. Right. So yeah, Love Affair is probably one of my, probably it might be after seven whole days, my second (laughs) favorite. I love Love Affair. So this is one of the songs that, you know, that she did not do with Babyface. (laughs) Yes. You know, it was Tim and Ted, Tim Thomas and Ted Bishop who wrote and produced this song. And I feel like it stood out a lot from the other songs that, you know, her and Babyface have crafted together because they did have their own, like, distinctive sound. But mm-hmm. this was kind of like a fresh, uh, fresh um, a breath of fresh air, so to speak, in the way that it sounded production-wise. Yeah, because when I listened to it, I was like, this, I could tell this is not, I had to Google, I was like, this don't sound like Babyface. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know Babyface sound, even with other artists. I was like, this sound like Babyface. Yeah, how do you feel about Candlelight? Is it one of your your favorite go-to songs? Um, no. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's one like if I'm listening to the whole album from top to bottom, mm-hmm. I play it, but it's not one where it's like I'm just busy. It's like, oh well, let me go listen to Tony's Candlelight. It's not, yeah. Definitely skipping this song. I'm not gonna lie. I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, I mean, it's a, it's a decent song for the mm-hmm. album, but it's, you know, it's just, it, it's not a baby face. <laughs> you know, I think that's the, I think that may be the reason. It was produced by him, but it wasn't written by Babyface. Um, that being said, it just doesn't stand out. It does not stand out. And when doing research, you know, for this episode, um, I saw that a critic wrote that on this album, like Tony starts off very strong and then kind of towards the middle of the album, it starts to kind of like die down a little bit. And I can definitely attest to that because, you know, those, you know, maybe I would say maybe five and six ish songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it just takes a little turn and it's like, hmm. And then, because it was another one that, yeah, I was just kind of like, uh, and then I looked, it wasn't another baby, it was another. <laughs> It was a non-baby face when I was just like, okay, now this kind of makes sense why these are like my least favorites on the album. And is that the the next song, Spending My Time With You? It was a nice little groove. Mm -hmm. 
you know, little, nice little up tempo from the others. So I don't know about you, but I'm just not a fan of a lot of the up tempo tracks on this album. I'm I well, know I'm gonna say I'm not a big fan of up tempos just from Tony anyway, but I'm I'm lying because I, I do, but I prefer her ballads. I mm-hmm. just say that. Because mm-hmm. like please from the Lib- Libra album. Oh yeah, that's a jam. Yeah, that's my song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't say no. Like, Come on. But if if we talking like real up tempo, yeah, I would definitely say Tony. She has a she has the vocals for ballad more than anything. Mm-hmm. And that's what she's known for. So, you know, I definitely wouldn't just be like, oh, let me put on, you know, a little Tony up tempo outside yeah. of please. That's probably my only one. But her ballads are top notch. As you said earlier, that's like her signature, um, her signature sound that she does. Mm-hmm. So spending my time with you, of course, is not, you know, not one of my favorites. It isn't one of your favorites. Um, you know, it was written by Bo and MacArthur, and hmm, it, yeah. So I don't know. It's just not. It's just not a favorite. Um, a favorite song. And yeah, it's. Definitely- I feel like these these were kind of like seat fillers for the album. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know we got all the baby face we can get. Let's throw a couple of different other producers, but they and they then- knew to put them in the middle. To yeah, kind of like round it out, balance it out. And then I also think that with the sound that they have, because, you know, it was still doing, still on those heels of that New Jack Swing sound. Mm-hmm. And not everybody has the, the vocal or the correct sound to put out a New Jack Swing record. And, you know, with this song here, it just didn't work really well for Tony. It, it just didn't. It's definitely one of those where it's like, oh, we need one more song on the album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's throw, let's throw this one in there. So I feel like it was just one of those. Yeah, yeah. But then you know, you pick it back up, sliding through with track number seven. Love should have brought you home. We already knew the the reception that it had from being on the boomerang mm-hmm. soundtrack you know that was our introduction to tony so why mm-hmm. not bring this incredible tune over to this album very smart very smart very smart <laughs> and you see you know you saw a lot of artists do that like they may have had a hit song that was on the soundtrack or they may have had like just like the hit introductory single, just to kind of see how it um, how it gauged with certain audiences, and then they will bring that single, regardless if it was put out a year ago, um, and they'll put it on their debut album. And this was a perfect planning with Tony Braxton because mm-hmm. she was already riding on the waves of this song, and everybody really wanted to hear what was next from her. So That's love should have brought you home. I know we all know. automatically go to Boomerang. We automatically go yes. to that scene. All I see is Hallie. Hallie is. Love should have brought you home last night. You know, the scene automatically plays in your head. But without thinking about the movie, let's just focus on the song. To me, that song, lyrically, I think it would hit home to a lot of women. Yeah. Because it's like when your man don't come on, it's like if nothing else, love should have really brought you home. If nothing, yeah. if you really love me, why are you not here? Mm-hmm. Like I, I felt Tony on that even at the tender age of like 10 or 11. <laughs> <laughs> you were five years old. Really I love should have brought you home. Right. 
singing at the top of my lungs like girl what you doing my love should have brought you home yeah but yeah lyrically i feel like that one like is a real reality that a lot of women go through it's like it is it is anything else love should have definitely brought you home but all right and you know, mm-hmm. this was our our introduction to the Tony babyface magic that will, you know, that would be showcased throughout the rest of this album. So Love Should Have Brought You Home is definitely one of those, one of those standout tracks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice song. Nice song. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just waiting on you to go ahead and hit, you know, go ahead and hit it here. <laughs> Cause I can't, hear, I can't hear the note. Can you play? I, 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 I see. I, I can't sing. But I harmonize. Okay. <laughs> I can hear Tony though, cause she right, cause she low. Tony, Tony got them low notes. I think almost anybody can hear a low note, <laughs> just to be, just to be funny. Yeah. I can't see it, but Alicia's doing all these motions over here, like she's just about to break out and ain't giving me nothing. She ain't giving. Cause I, I don't want to do too much. <laughs> <laughs> now I belong to you. Mm-hmm. I'm about to go with least favorite on the album. <laughs> Least favorite? Okay, and why? Why is this your least favorite? It just doesn't like when I listen to it. Like it's not a bad song, mm-hmm. but I almost kind of feel like it doesn't go with the tone mm-hmm. of the whole album. It kind of like I don't know. You go from "Love Should Have Brought You Home" to "I Belong to You" to how many ways? It just kind of something. I don't know. It wasn't. Huh, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> It yeah, just didn't really make sense to me. We talk about that a lot with album sequencing and how you and how you fully sequence and structure an album, and if it's um, if it's able to to tell a story. And here, when we get to this point in the album, as you said, I feel like the story isn't there because for the first three four songs is kind of dealing with like heartbreak and cheating mm-hmm. things like that and then you go into oh candlelight and i want to spend time with you and we're all lovey-dovey then to love should have brought you home back to heartbreak and then now i belong to you <laughs> right it's like wait where were you it's a roller emotional coaster. yeah emotional roller coaster you know roller coaster cute vivian green where's she at because uh we were going through all the motions with this album yeah i, I don't know where i belong to you should have gone but I guess because most of them are heartbreak songs. Yeah. <laughs> so it, yeah, it just it just didn't make it didn't make sense of where it was. Maybe it should have been like the last song. I don't know. But and you yeah. said one of your least favorite. Say now for me, this is actually one of my favorite songs on the album. Really? I belong to you? Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just something about it. I think it's the, the production of it. Uh, I don't know. I don't hate it, but it's just it's not my, my favorite. I actually like this song. It's actually one of the the up tempos that I do like, and I like it for a lot of Tony's ad libs when she's singing, especially um, during the chorus. And it was it was it's different from the other up tempo tracks that she has, and it it's a bit refreshing. It's refreshing for me, and I feel like with this song, it blends in, or you know, it ties in perfectly going into I belong to you and then going into how many ways. And I know when those, when they were released, they were kind of released as like conjoined singles. That's right. Yeah, they did release it as like the last single. Yeah. Because when I read that, I was like, I don't even remember this really being a single. Really? So I, I guess they didn't, unless they just didn't play it. And yeah. every, you know, sometimes if the song is not doing that well, they won't put it on our radio. 
Yeah. So yeah. I guess they didn't play it in Arkansas Child. Because <laughs> I, really, I don't remember hearing it. Yeah, this is definitely. But I remember one. everything else being played on the radio. Everything but not this one. I belong to you. Oh, come on now. You gotta love that song. Come on. I like it. <laughs> I was, you know love love is a strong thing you know that, that that love did not that song did not bring me home last night <laughs> it, it did not but I, I mean like i said this i don't hate it because mm-hmm. it's, it's some it's some albums where it's literally a song where it's like cut this completely out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I, I would definitely say that about this album it's not a song where i'm like i hate it mm-hmm. like I, I don't hate any song on this album you know, so I think that <clears throat> with going uh, going with this album and following the sequencing of this album, I don't think that, you know, Tony Braxton or Babyface or whomever wanted to leave you on this heartbreak note. And that could have been, uh, you know, that could have been the fluctuation between the songs and the emotional roller coaster that it took you through. Because in the beginning, you had all the sad songs. But after Love Should Have Brought You Home, you know, the remainder of the songs are are really, you know, love songs. Love songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really adhered to, you know, finding love and being in love. So maybe they just didn't want to leave you on that, on that heartbreak note. I can see that. Yeah. You know, I can trying, trying to give I you a happy ending. I smell what your step dance is. Trying to give you a happy ending. Trying to give you a happy ending. It does end on a very good note. It does. It does. Yeah. All right. So after I Belong to You, which is one of Jaleesa's favorite songs. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about it a little bit. We're going to slide in and discuss how many ways. That's my song right there. I love and I love in the big beginning how she said, oh, you just don't know. <laughs> She had Shamar in the video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's 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 a hit right there. It, I feel it, like it didn't it didn't get the I feel like it didn't get the the love that it should have gotten. Mm-hmm. Like it, it didn't. I don't think people gave it the uh, what's the word I'm looking for the credit like the rest of them. Was it one of the last singles that she put out too? How many ways? I believe so. If I'm not mistaken, one of the, one of the last singles. It was. It was. That's that I, you must say how many ways those were released at the same time. Okay, those so that last singles yeah. that she released. Yes. Uh, and what I liked about this song, you know, Vincent Herbert, we all we all know, is an incredible songwriter and producer, and all of those things. And he just brought something <laughs> different on this track to Tony Braxton. Something incredibly different it was it was lush and it had like this sex appeal to it when you listen yes. to the song i was like wait a minute now Tony it sound it. like now, yes she's so sexy out here she's getting it sounded like straight lust it, it, <laughs> it did just the production of it was just uh and the way that she's singing it was she still had her her same distinctive tone but there was like a slight airiness to it you know mm-hmm. like, like an airy falsetto in it and look, Tony was killing the game on this. I was, I was like, Tony, girl, you sound like you sound you ready to go in that booth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yeah, Who yeah, was that out there many ways. Who was out there waiting for Tony in the streets? <laughs> right. I'm about to give y'all sexy real quick. And she did. She mm-hmm. did give you a lot of a lot of sex pills. 
Well, yeah, I, I, it's some it's something about that. I love that beat too. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of like I like how the video to me the video goes with the sound like yes. blasting it with the jeep. The door is off, mm-hmm. sunroof down. Yeah, like that's a perfect like summer jam it's to classic. just vibe to. Classic. So yeah, talk a little bit about that one. Mm-hmm. I move with how many ways. Right. So we're gonna slide in on track number ten. Coming back mm-hmm. to baby face. Uh, it's another favorite. Errol Simmons coming back to her, her little holy tree out here. Yes, with ma'am. You mean the world to me. You mean the world to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mentioned earlier that my aunt wore this song out. And I mean, it's for a good reason. It is for a good reason. Oh, so she was in, she was in love. <laughs> it was an incredible ballad. Incredible ballad. The vocals were just amazing. It, you know, it really showcased a lot of Tony's range and the strength that she had in her vocals. And it was crafted beautifully. Crafted beautifully. Because that that's probably one of my favorite was a love ballads mm-hmm. from Tony. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, because I consider every all songs are a ballad, but that's a love ballad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you mean the world to me. That's a nice wedding song. <laughs> it is, it is. She hits you with all those emotions in that song. Like, who my throat yeah. still hurt trying to trying to hit them notes. Listen, the, even though Tony had that low register, she still, when she, she hit that range. note, she still had that range, yes. She had range. I was like, when Tony, when Tony hit it, when she ready to go, she's ready to go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You mean the world to me? The next song is a song that I feel could have been, or I felt could have been omitted from the entire album, and that is Best Friend. I'm going to have to agree with you, because I... I I listened to the album, but that's the one song that <laughs> I can't really remember how it's. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I know it's. So maybe okay, maybe so. I belong may not be <laughs> my least. This song puts me to sleep. I'm not gonna lie, it puts me to sleep. The the way that she sang, like the melody and the tempo of the song, it's like oh my gosh, when is it going to end? yeah for me i'm like because the only best friend i recognize is brandy <laughs> <laughs> same here same here but yeah i don't I don't know they could have definitely cut it to like 11 tracks and kept they, best friend they could have out of it because yeah it, it, it's, it's just, hard to it's hard to place it's it definitely not memorable it's hard to place this song, which which is why I believe they put it at the end, because it doesn't really fit with the rest of the album. Mm-hmm. I mean, even with the other ballads that she has on there, like this song is just a drag. <laughs> I, I have to be honest, it's just an absolute drag. You sound upset. <laughs> I am because I'm just like. I, I pay, I pay attention to the sequencing of albums and I like the ones, you know, that tell their story. And I always feel that your intro song has to stand out because that's the, that's the start of the album. That's going to set the tone mm-hmm. and then your outro, whatever song that you end with, because that's going to tie everything together and wrap it up. And, you know, even though we have the Breathe Again reprise, that best friend just, it, it just don't fit. Like, it's like, where are you, where are you going with this? Right. 
It's like, who's who approved for this to be who on the album? <laughs> That's the only question I have for Tony Braxton. Who, who approved, you know, this song in this way? That's probably one of them record label approvals. I, I feel like Tony was probably like, you know what? Okay, go ahead and throw it on there. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it says, you know, that, you know, she does have um, a writer's credit with the song here. But it, it may not be the lyrics itself uh, from this song. It's just the way that it was it was written. I mean, it was just the way that it was put together. It's just that production. It's yeah. really just the production, and yeah, it's it, it just puts me to sleep. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I I was trying to listen to it earlier, right? Because you know, I was preparing. I was listening to it. You know, going back and revisiting the album. And by the time that I got to that song, it was just a whole snooze fest. My eyes started watering. I started to yawn. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah, I literally cannot. I can't even hear the melody in my head. Like it's that's just how memorable it is. It's like, oh, now now I'm gonna have to listen to when we get up. Right, you know, it's gonna be your like, lullaby before you go to bed because that shit is gonna put you to sleep. <laughs> and I'm sorry to my Tony friends. I I know that there are a few Tony fans who absolutely love this song. But y'all got to hear the truth today. <laughs> <laughs> You know, every heart, every artist has that song where it's like, mm, you didn't, that one wasn't necessary, right? And then she, she, that one was just, mm, thank mm. goodness for the other, other 11, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so overall, how would you rate this album? Out of, what is it, out a of 10? 10. One, one through 10, how would you rate I, it? I'd give it a good nine okay. point. Seven five six seven eight. <laughs> Why? Why would you rate it on that scale? Because if it honestly, if it went for best friend, I belong to you. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have gave it a perfect score. Perfect too. But it's like those who, you know, they knocked off a couple of. A couple points couple of you. I believe you like overall. One of my favorites it really is. But go ahead. I mean, yeah, overall, like. This is probably one of my favorite 90s albums mm-hmm. of all time. Almost probably one of my favorite albums of all time. That's like it's it's when you have what seven, six singles yeah. out of 12, <laughs> and you put all like I don't I don't think I've ever known an artist to do that, to have hits like back to back that many at least on one album. Like mm-hmm. usually they had like a good three, four. No ma'am, Tony said I'm about to give y'all seven. <laughs> a good strong six or seven of them in a strong four of those or the ones that she named a baby face exactly i was gonna say this <laughs> it makes me wonder like were the other songs or did they feel the other songs were not single worthy or were they really trying to capitalize on that success that she had with love should have brought you home and that success that you know her and Babyface had together and they only wanted to put those singles out. Probably both, a little bit of both. <laughs> I, I definitely would have like, oh, this we we doing good with this baby face dynamic duo. Let's go ahead and keep this train running. It makes sense. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's one absolutely. of those where if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah, 
and as we saw that with all the singles that she put out with Babyface, those are like the highlights of the album. Like those are the standout songs, at least in yes. my opinion, are the they ones make the that album stand out the most um, mm-hmm. throughout this whole album. Yeah, what what would you rate it? Um, if I had to rate this album, I would probably give it like an eight point five. Wow. Not even in a nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like a low line. I thought you go say like a nine point one. Wow, it's, it's you you really do, you really do hate best friend, don't you? I really do. <laughs> best friend ruined it for me. You get out. Best friend knocked off two points. Knocked off two points by itself. So that best friend just killed it for me. Uh, but no, uh, I would say that I I really like the album. I just felt that it could have told more of a story as opposed to just hitting you with all of these heartbreak songs and then hitting you with all these love songs. Yeah, you could have just told more of a story in the way that it was, the way that it was put together. And I don't know if artists were really doing that in the early 90s where their albums were telling the story or put or sequencing their songs to where it, you know, it goes through this journey um but for me it just kind of felt like a little you know like a little roller coaster so and I wonder with, when you're saying that like most of them 90s albums didn't really tell a story I wonder if it had to do with like you know like say with the contracts back then and yeah. The, yeah. the record label usually choosing the singles mm-hmm. so it's like I wonder if the artists had full control exactly would it have told a story because you know like Adele tweeted like a few months ago when her album dropped she like listen to it from the from the first to the last do not put it on shuffle because she's basically saying like it tells a story yeah so that made me that's what i thought of when you said that i was like huh so didn't she like put her album like on spotify to where you couldn't skip it like you had yeah i'm gonna say yeah she yeah that's what i thought yeah i was like so i guess with apple <laughs> apple you still can but yeah spotify she said nope y'all not about to shuffle these you have to listen to it in order i was like i'm trying to think of an album where it, Cause most time I do, I ain't gonna lie. Listen to albums on shuffle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a you bad habit of that. Huh? So you listen to them on shuffle? I do, unfortunately. Cause usually that's how I listen to my playlist too. So it's usually automatically on shuffle. But I did listen to this one in order, of course. Yeah. But the playlists, I listen to them on shuffle. But albums, I like depending on what album it is. I like to listen to it in order, just so I can kind of get that, you know, gauge that story and kind of see okay maybe the artist was here and then now they're you know now they're here at this point by the midpoint or by the end of the album I like to listen for that story I think artists like Mary J Blige like she does a good job of sequencing where it it tells a story I said now Mary gonna tell a story yeah yeah I'm trying to think of the one album that comes to mind when I think of I always is to front from top to bottom but I don't know if it really told a story but fan mail I don't know what Mm -hmm. it is about that album but I have to listen to it <laughs> from like top to bottom in order. It's, I don't know, I guess, cause I, I know it top to bottom in order. <laughs> so yeah, it didn't really tell a story, but it's one of those where I used to put it on shuffle. Any thoughts or comments that you have on Tony Braxton's debut album? Any, any last thoughts? I would definitely say it's one of the greatest debuts. Mm-hmm. I'm not even just 90s debut. I would just say like of all time, at least out of all the albums I've heard, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would give her top five 
in my mm-hmm. book of debut albums. Like when they say you got to come in hard, hard, Tony came in hard. So she did. She did. I feel like when she came out, um, it kind of shifted R&B in a little bit as far as female artists, because you had the artists um, during that time frame. I ain't gonna say a lot of their songs kind of like bubblegum-ish, but they weren't dealing with heartbreak and pain in the way that this album portrayed when it came out. And I think that's mm-hmm. why it did so well, because not only was Tony Beautiful and she had this great distinctive voice, but the songs that she put out, people hadn't heard them. They hadn't heard them before. They hadn't heard them in that way. They hadn't heard pain in that way. They hadn't heard those full raw emotions uh, as she as she sang them. She was one of the first ones outside of Mary, like her and Mary. <laughs> Well, like the heartbreak break queens in the 90s. They were. You knew if they was about to drop something, we was about to be crying with a bowl of ice cream <laughs> and a bottle of wine. <laughs> <sighs> well, Jalisa, it has been a joy having you on today. We've had so much fun going through this album. Let everybody know this where was fun. find you. You can find me on all social medias. <laughs> I'm on Instagram, J underscore book 12, J-A-Y underscore book 12. Follow me on TikTok, call me J-O-K, Twitter, J underscore book 12. And yeah, just follow me. I don't be talking about nothing, but I just be posting. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And you guys know where you can find us. We are at 90s R&B University on all social media platforms. We too have joined the TikTok family. So. Y'all want to see a little bit from us. Go ahead and follow us on that end. And also be sure to sign up for Cultural Coffee where you will get your weekly newsletter that drops every Friday with articles from myself, B, Jaleesa here, Kevin Jr., a whole Zumble family. Last but not least, don't forget our merch. We have merch in stores now. The seasons have been a little shaky. It's been cold days <laughs> and hot days. You don't know what to wear. So go ahead and copy with a hoodie and a t-shirt, okay? Right. You can you use know. them both, trust me. <laughs> especially, living in, especially living in Texas. <laughs> you're going to need both of them. Ooh, all right, everyone. It is time that we bring this show to a close. I am Shan, your first lady, and I thank you so much for listening. Jaleesa, thank you so much for being my co-host. Thank you for having me. This was fun. This was so much fun. As you have, we are out. Peace out.